Welcome to the MHI Cast, the show where we talk to the industry's best minds to uncover their supply chain stories. We explore real-world case studies and get unique perspectives on key trends and emerging technologies from every corner of the material handling, logistics, and supply chain space. In an increasingly global and often cluttered professional landscape, networking plays an important role in business today. Of course, the relationships built can help foster new ideas and solve current issues. And so today, Jeremy Banta is here with us. And not only is he a member of the Work Advisory Council, he's also the 2024 Work Conference Chair, which means we're lucky to have him in studio talking about personal networking. And I know that that is something he'll also be discussing at the conference in June. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Good to have you. Why don't we start with you just telling us a bit about your background? What's networking been like for you? My background is kind of interesting. I, I kind of did things backwards because um, I did my active military service uh, after I worked out in the civilian workforce for a while. So I graduated from uh, The Ohio State University with a degree in logistics. I was in ROTC at the time. So I did you know the reserve duty stuff where you do one week in a month, two weeks in the summer while I had civilian jobs. I worked for the Keebler Company and Sears and UPS and a few other places. I was kind of bouncing around the country with my civilian work, ended up back in Columbus and joined the Ohio National Guard and trying to balance a family, guard duty, and a full-time career was quite a bit. So uh, I decided to go full-time military. So I was full-time with the Ohio Army National Guard for 15 years. And I always knew I wanted to teach full-time, picked up an adjunct teaching role at Franklin University here in town right after I got my MBA. And then a few years later, I was fortunate enough to stumble across an opening at Columbus State Community College, applied for it, got it, and promptly (laughs) retired from the Army. And I had been networking prior to being in the Army, uh, local networking locally, to stay in touch with the local logistics community, but that didn't serve me well, and I really didn't have the time to do it while I spent, you know, 15 years in the Ohio Guard. So when I started with Columbus State in uh, 2015, I think 2016, I had to kind of start all over with my networking. And I'm a bit of an introvert, so I kind of had to force myself out there and force myself to do it. I do enjoy it once I get out there. It is a little bit more work. It doesn't come natural to me. So that's where I found myself. I found myself in a position where I had to start networking again. You just mentioned being an introvert, which honestly, I am as well. And uh, I have to ask you, when you settled at Columbus State, did you find it difficult to start networking again? Uh, Yes and no. It's not hard to network here in Columbus with the local logistics community because there's a lot of opportunity to do so. I didn't necessarily have to like hunt for opportunities. I got invited to a lot of stuff. The opportunities were there. The hard part was being an introvert. And, and forcing myself to interact, especially early on when I would get invited to something and I didn't know people, going to an event and not knowing anybody, even to this day, is really hard for me. I just, I'm not good at like small talk and, and just going up to somebody and saying, hey, how are you? So I've, I've kind of overcome that with some tips and tricks. And that's kind of why this presentation I'm doing at the work conference came about. Uh, a few people that were close to me were like, hey, you, you've done a really good job at this and, and you figured out a way to do it. And while being an introvert, uh, you need to teach other people because people just don't know how to do this. And then that kind of morphed into not just networking, but how to build your own network because networking has a little bit of a bad rap. People just assume people are trying to sell you things. And the, the younger generations don't necessarily 
have a positive opinion of networking. So that's why I turned it into how to build your own personal network and, and maintain it as well, because that's what I've been doing the last couple of years. You know, this is interesting. I think it's been a bit of a challenge for people to make connections. It's a trend that I've noticed personally, and it, it seems to be happening more and more often. Uh, why do you think it is difficult for people to start networking? Well, we obviously ran into some, you know, interesting challenges during COVID. It forced us all online. It made us, you know, comfortable being online and in a virtual environment, uncomfortable going out and about. So that definitely threw a wrench into things. But we're also getting busier and we get some of our connections through social media or most of our connections through social media. So we still may feel connected. We may not feel we need to network. You know, if you're on LinkedIn, you're still connected to people. So the thought of getting out and networking in person and going to an evening event, you know, 100 people is daunting. It may not feel necessary may not be what you want to do. And I think that's really made it harder to network here uh, over the last couple of years. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I, I know that I personally am still getting used to being back in person for, for certain activities. What do you think are, are some of the benefits of networking? You know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is the sidebar conversations and the things that you don't necessarily go to a networking event on purpose to experience. Um, you know, there's a for, there's usually some sort of maybe like formal program or it's a formal event and the intent is to be there and to exchange business cards and talk to people. But if you're networking on a regular basis and you get to know certain people, the, oh, hey, you know what, while you're here, let me ask you about this. So maybe it wasn't something that somebody planned on talking to you about, but comes up naturally in conversation. And I think that's where the main benefit from networking comes from. Also, if, if you're out and about and you go to things on a regular basis, when you're not around and people are like, hmm, we need somebody to do this particular thing, someone will go, oh, you know what? You know who'd be good for that? Jeremy'd be good for that. And that's where the real benefit comes from. It's not from the actual act of going out and meeting people. It's the stuff that happens after the fact. Those are the real benefits. So where do you start? What steps would you recommend for people who you know, want to go out there and, and start networking now? The real basis of my presentation is, you know, I go through kind of a step-by-step -step process on how to come up with places to go and, and what you want to get out of it. It's not just finding a place and going. You have to actually put a little bit of effort into it. And what I do is I walk people through, you know, some, some questions to ask themselves. So first is the why. Why do you feel you need to network or why do you know you, that you need to network? And then it's determining the who. And so what type of people are you trying to network with? You know, is it for, in my case, is it supply chain professionals? Is it other academics? Are you doing this to just develop your own personal network from like a friend's side of things or a hobby side of things? So is it, you know, gamers or people that have similar interests to you? And then figuring out the where. So is it, in my case, is it just central Ohio? Is it just Columbus? Is it just downtown? Um, I live and work downtown. So maybe I want to network with just people that are downtown. It might be the region. Um, it might be, you know, North America. It might be globally. So once you figure out those things, then you can start doing some research to figure out, all right, what types of groups exist that have those amenities and get me the, the type of people that I want to talk to. 
And that's the best place to start. And that's kind of your jumping off point because then you'll find, you know, a place or two or some events to go to or some groups that might fit that who, what, uh, why, where, and how. Yeah, I can see how that can certainly make it easier to get started. But what about after these events? Do you have any rules, guidelines, best practices uh, you can share on how to build a network? Yeah, the first thing is to be consistent. If you just show up when you need something, people figure that out pretty quickly. There's a couple different groups that I attend on. You know, we have monthly meetings or, or quarterly meetings, and I attend those. I've been attending those for, you know, five, six, seven years. And you can kind of tell the people that, that show up, you don't see them very often. And when you're talking to them, you're like, oh, how are things going? They're like, oh, I'm between jobs. And then all of a sudden they disappear. You know that they're only there just because they're job hunting, which is fine. I mean, that's part of the reason why you use a network. But if you only show up when you need a job, it's it's kind of disingenuous. So the first one is, you know, be consistent, stay involved and, and show up all the time. The next one is to like know your abilities and your limits. If you get really excited and start networking and get involved with a bunch of different groups and volunteer to be a part of these groups and help them with things, but then get overwhelmed and fall through on some of the things you've promised to people, it looks it doesn't look good for you. So volunteer to help where you can, but just showing up is enough. You don't necessarily have to get fully involved. If you just go on a regular basis and just show up for the content and meet people, that's perfectly fine. And you know, the other main rule is like, don't sell stuff. (laughs) There are networking events where the whole point is to make business connections, but the intent is to get to know people and then, you know, go to coffee afterwards or have a meeting. And that's where you do your, your hard sell. That's where you, you know, pitch your product or pitch your book or, or something like that. So again, going back to that first rule, if you're not consistent and you only show up, you know, when you publish a book or when you have something to show people, you know, it, it, again, it's going to look disingenuous. And then the, I guess I, I said that was the last one, but I have one more. <laughs> Dress and act appropriately, of course. You know, if you go to an event and you're you're underdressed or even overdressed and uh, maybe there's alcohol there and you drink too much, obviously that does not look good for you. And different groups have different ways that they operate. Some are a little more low key, a little more professional. Um, some are a little more uh, rambunctious and rowdy and are more social events. So if you're new to one of those, you know, you take the first few minutes to try to figure out what kind of group it is, and then you can tailor how you act according to what the group does. Absolutely. That's great advice. I mean, who would want to be the person in a tux at a backyard barbecue? Certainly not me. Now, if we look at today's systems, we've adapted to technology in various ways in all aspects of our lives. And, and you know, for one, social media. And a social media presence seems to be a given for most people these days. And I know that there are some ground rules or best practices that we all can uh, apply for, for engagement online. For example, a compelling bio, of course, some pictures and, and a regular posting uh, frequency seems to be at the top of the list, of course. And LinkedIn is the most common platform used for networking professionally. Do you have any ideas on what people can be doing to make themselves stand out when networking online? I would say the first one is to have a LinkedIn profile that is complete. You have a picture on it. It's fully filled out. It is your online resume. So treat it accordingly. Uh, Make sure that it is all filled out. Make sure it's thorough. Because if you are truly networking, one of the ways a lot of people follow up with the networking is by connecting on LinkedIn. That's what I do. I have a stack of business cards from a conference that I just went to sitting in front of me that I need to connect with those people on LinkedIn. 
So if I can't find them on LinkedIn, one, I find that to be a little odd that, wow, they're not on LinkedIn. Two, if it's not a complete profile and I see they never, ever do anything on it, that also seems a little odd, especially if they're a leader. So, you know, make sure that, that you are on LinkedIn and then, you know, engage and be active. You know, you don't necessarily have to post stuff every day, but, you know, going on to LinkedIn and liking people's content, making a comment here and there, paying attention to when you do get connection requests is great. I have somebody that I'm connected with. They're a high level management person at a very large manufacturing firm here in town. They're very, very busy and they are in a group that I'm in and they can't make the meetings. Very infrequently do they make the meetings. However, they always make a comment or like my content. I know they're staying engaged. I know they're staying involved. I know they're paying attention, even if they're not necessarily physically present. Um, so that's, I, I think that's important. And then I would say, you know, be professional, avoid politics, religion, personal information, you know, the stuff that you just are, you know, the common rules of things you just don't necessarily discuss in public. Don't be a troll. Don't argue. Some of those common sense type things, a little bit harder to do these days because people want to engage on some of those topics, but it is possible to be, you know, a little more low key or a little more neutral um, when you're in a professional environment. And if you have somebody that wants to talk about that stuff, then maybe take it offline or outside or somewhere else so that it's not in front of everybody. But those are the main kind of, I think, unwritten rules come up from a, from a, like an online presence. What about boundaries though? How, how important are they? And how do you know when you can say no? Kind of two ways to answer that. One is if you're like asked to do things or you're asked to get more involved uh, or maybe asked to join another group. Saying no is important. So understanding what your capabilities are, what your needs are, how extensive your network already is. You know, in some cases you can't necessarily afford to say no. I was recently asked to sit on a committee that was just too good of a benefit for my institution, my students. And I I really didn't want to do more with this group, but this was too good of an opportunity to pass up. So I, I did not say no. On the flip side, Another group I'm, I'm with asked me if I would be interested in getting more involved in leadership type stuff. And I had to say no, as much as I would like to, I just don't have the ability. And when you go from being active in a group to being part of a leadership, obviously your time commitment goes up a lot. The other side of that is actually making connections and even saying no to making a connection with somebody. And let's go back to the online side of that. So LinkedIn, I get, I get a lot of connection requests. And if I don't know the person and I don't have any mutual connections with them and I don't see any compelling reason to be connected to them, I do not accept the request, especially if they don't say anything, you know, and that's kind of up to you on how you want to build your own network. Um, Some people may ask to do coffee. And if you don't really have any reason to, to have coffee with them, maybe you're not going to use their product. You're not in their industry. You can clarify that like, hey, you know what? I don't want to waste your time. It may not be in our best interest you know, to meet for coffee. Is there something specific you want to talk to me about? And maybe do some clarification. But if you're doing like, you know, some heavy networking and you're doing a lot of making connections, uh, you may find yourself in in some situations where it's not just, it's not the best connection to make. And you kind of have to say no to limit your time. Yeah, this is all very insightful. Along a similar note, you can't force a relationship of any kind. So how do you connect with people while still holding back and, and respecting their boundaries? I have a small organization that Buddy and I started to help connect people in the supply chain academic area out with industry and through K through 12. 
And there are individuals here in town or companies in town that I would really like to have as part of that group. And sometimes it's just not going to happen. Sometimes there are corporations that have a certain culture where they just don't get involved and they don't share. And you, you can't make it happen. As much as I would like to have, you know, ABC Corporation as a, a representative as part of this group, um, I just can't, I can't force it. I can't make it happen. On the flip side, if you're trying to connect with someone and you reach out to them a time or two, it, it's just not working. Maybe they're like, oh yeah, 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 I'm more than happy to have coffee. But you never actually make that connection. Maybe there's a reason for that. Um, either they don't want to, or they're just too busy. And I would say, don't, you know, don't force those things to happen. Because if you've, if you've got to force it to happen, it may not be the best connection anyway. Yeah, that's, that's so true. And I think it applies to personal relationships too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that, and it, it's funny because when you think of a, of a company like that, I don't want to name any specific names. Um, but when you think of certain companies, uh, we have some in town that, man, they have, you know, 10, 12 people out and about engaging, you know, different opportunities. Um, I've had organizations where I've only had one contact. And if that person leaves, I lose all contact with that organization. And then there's other organizations that nobody gets involved. So it's funny how the, the corporation almost takes on a personality like an individual would, where nobody wants to interact or everybody wants to interact. So it's kind of kind of been interesting to watch over the last couple of years to see those those corporate cultures and corporate personalities emerge, much like making a one-on-one -on -one connection with somebody. Okay, so I'm wondering, uh, do, you, do you have any stories you can share with us about your own networking journey? Uh, two things come to mind. One is, you know, when I first started at Columbus State, I was looking for some simulations for my students to use. And I, I stumbled across a, a simulation conference in Washington, D.C., and I decided to attend it. It was way over my head. Um, <laughs> so I, I, I almost got nothing out of it. Um, and as I tried to interact with people and network, they're talking a different language than me because they were all like programmers and, and, and high-end tech people. And uh, yeah, if it wasn't necessarily something I did specifically for networking, but it was definitely a networking failure. I, I definitely chose the wrong group to explore. On a positive side, I found myself at, on the board of directors at the Columbus Chamber of Commerce simply from networking. As a result of my role at Columbus State, I was automatically on the chambers. Uh, they have a logistics entity internal to themselves. And I was on their advisory board and I go to all the meetings and I participate and got to know the, the people at the chamber quite well. Um, and after a couple of years, they realized that they did not have a board member that came from the logistics community and asked me to do it. And it was kind of shocking because, you know, on our board is like the former mayor and CEOs of large corporations and, and me. <laughs> um, so, it, I mean, a great success story because it came strictly from networking and it benefits my students. It benefits my institution. I mean, it benefits me too, um, but it's, it's allowed me to connect where I work with the chamber quite well. And, and it's had multiple positive benefits on many levels. And came only from me being active in, you know, networking and being consistent with the groups that I go to. That's a great success story. Thanks for sharing that. I know that uh, we've spoken about being introverts, but another thing that uh, can hold people back from networking is fear and anxiety. And that's very true. Is there, is there any tricks that um, you've used to overcome these feelings or perhaps some tricks that others you know have implemented? I do have a mantra. I know I'll be fine once I get there. That's <laughs> my ongoing mantra. Because as an introvert, I see something on my calendar. And if I've had a long day, you know, I had, had a, an early meeting. Um, I had to teach 
class for like three hours and then had two or three more meetings and I have a 7 p.m. event. And I, I that's the last thing I want to do as an introvert. But I know once I get there and get in the door, I'll be fine. I'll enjoy it. I'll have fun. Um, I'll get something out of it. I, I just have to keep telling myself, just just go. Just get there. You'll be fine. And then I also know if it's not good and I get there and 30 minutes go by and it's not worth my time, at least I made my appearance. I can say hi to the people I need to say hi to and then I can excuse myself. One of the ways to, to kind of solve that problem, and I talk about this in that presentation, is make sure you know who's going to an event. If you're concerned about going and you don't want to go, reach out to some people and find out, hey, are you going to this? Maybe you could convince somebody to go that you're acquainted with or somebody that you know. Worst case, take, you can take a friend. Make sure you take the right friend, but you can always take a friend with you. If it's a new event or a new experience or you really don't know anybody there, you know, it's a great opportunity to have somebody tag along with you. That way, you at least have somebody to talk to in those lulls uh, when you're not engaging with anybody. Um, so that's kind of a, a, a nice little uh, uh, trick to kind of force yourself into some situations where you may not normally be comfortable by yourself. Yeah, it's a great idea. I've got a few friends in mind I can bring with me. Yeah, <laughs> it helps. You're just making to make sure you take the right friends, though. <laughs> oh, of, of course, it's 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 like choosing the right outfit. I'll pick my plus one very carefully. That's for sure. Uh, now, when it comes to networking events, we've sometimes we're sometimes limited, I should say, on the amount of time that we have, and of course, the number of people we can talk to. Is there a strategy you use to to make sure you're having meaningful conversations instead of just racing to collect business cards? Yeah, you know, um, this kicked in for me when I read an article um, specifically about networking as an introvert. It was talking about, you know, how you define success. And on the surface, if you're talking about networking, I think the, the normal definition of success would be how many connections did you make? You know, did I come back with a stack of business cards? And in this article, it basically said, you know, one meaningful connection is worth a lot more than a stack of business cards. Even if it's a connection to somebody that you already know, if you spent 30 minutes having a really deep conversation with somebody and that's the only thing that you got out of the event, that's a success. Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, that's still a success. Um, so what I always instruct my students and anybody that, that sits in this class with me or the session workshop is make sure you know what your level of success is. For me as an introvert, I just if I have a good conversation with somebody, then it's definitely worthwhile. You know, even if it's the chamber CEO who I run into on a regular basis and talk to a lot, even if I have another good conversation with him, I know that it's been a worthwhile endeavor. So make sure that you don't get discouraged because, oh my gosh, I've been going to these networking events and I haven't increased my network by a hundred people. That may not be success. That success may be, man, I made two or three good, good connections in the last year. Um, and that's, what's going to pay off in the long run. Well, it's definitely a, an argument of quality over quantity, and uh, that's a pretty solid piece of advice. And now we've come to the last question, Jeremy. Was there anything else that we didn't cover today that you wanted to talk about or, or perhaps anything else extra that you'd like our listeners to know? You know, if anybody that's listening does go to the work conference, I would encourage you to come to my session. And if you're even contemplating going to the work conference and you're not sure, it is a really good conference. I've really enjoyed being involved. I mean, I go to Promat and Modex and the big trade shows. And, you know, this is a completely different feel and just as valuable because it's an education experience. Um, you get a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations with people. It's more a more intimate setting gives you the opportunity to really dig into maybe things you want to learn or problems that you're having and ways to solve issues, you know, versus Promat and Modex where you're, you're going to the trade show, you're seeing the newest, coolest technologies and gadgets. 
Um, those are great solutions as well, but we also need those personal connections. And the, the, the work conference is a, is a great way to do that. And that's the perfect way to end our conversation. Jeremy, thank you so much. You, the listener, can look out for Jeremy at the 2023 Work Annual Conference and head down to his session for even more tips on building your personal network. Thank you in the interim for listening to this MHI cast featuring Jeremy Banta. And thank you, Jeremy, for joining us, of course. The 46th Annual Work Conference is coming up June 4 to 7 in Orlando. Head to work.org 2023 to find out more information and don't miss out on the opportunity to connect with your peers. Here at MHI, we never stop exploring new opportunities to help you take your manufacturing and supply chain operations to that next level of success. So thank you for making us a part of your professional development journey. 